Hello and welcome everybody to the 10th episode of the Fiscal Yogi podcast. My name is Anis Rao and we've stepped away quite a far bit from from finance or philosophy. Today we are going to talk a little bit more about the constitution of India. And today I have with me a very very special guest. Please say hello to my friend Lakshmi Sundaresh. Lakshmi, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey Anis, thanks for inviting me. You're most welcome. I'm I'm very happy to have my very first guest on the show, Lakshmi. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, what is a constitution and why do we need one? What is a preamble and a whole lot of other things which we almost not really figured out what we're going to talk about. So this is going to be more of just heard, which was unscripted and which was extempore, and we didn't know what we were doing. Except I have a guest this time. So twice the madness. Hopefully, let's just get straight into the podcast. So one of the first questions which came to me, Lakshmi, when I was when I was looking into this entire CAA business that's been going on through our country for the past couple of months now almost, is uh, why are people reading the preamble to the constitution? Why is it that the preamble seems to be standing as such a, a document of protest, or which you wouldn't think? I mean, it w- from what I remember of the preamble, it seemed like a very dry legal document. I mean, I don't I read it what. 15 years back now to this date when i was back in school or something and i don't even remember most of it and then i went and went and researched a little bit more and i was trying to figure out what is a constitution and why do we need one in the first place and uh, like from what i can figure out from a very layman's perspective obviously yes we should preface this part of the this entire episode with the fact that we are both have zero legal knowledge and this is both based on uh, research over the past week or so with more in-depth research over the past week and so, week or so and general experience as being indian citizens so uh yeah so i was saying that uh what I understood of a constitution is similar to like, you know, when we talk about financial planning, the most important document which comes out of the entire financial planning process is the financial plan itself. A financial plan is basically a document which says that, look, in the next year or in the next five years or in the next 10 years, this is how we foresee that you're going to earn your money. This is how we foresee you're going to spend your money. And this is how we foresee you're going to save or invest your money. And it's a very broad guideline. There is There are certain overarching principles which are embodied in it for example that you are uh, your your life situation is is embedded into that uh, into that document your expectations for the future in terms of you know your your longevity uh, need for taking care of children or parents or yourself your your lifestyle all of these things are basically embedded into this document and what comes out of it therefore is this working plan ki bhai whether for the next 10 years whether you earn 1 rupee or 100 rupees you will invest it in according to this fashion and that entire thing is kind of laid out and i could figure that okay this is basically that when you have a, a constitution for a country and ours was back in 1947 ours was a newborn country which uh, had its own uh, attendant issues and we needed a way to coalesce the thinking and expectations and wishes of this populace of our population back then and the constitution seemed to be the best way of doing that so where we said that look this is what we want our great country to be we should be we should have the right to equality we should have the right to move around practice any profession and all of these things and that is what the constitution gave to us what do you have to say lakshmi so you brought up a lot of uh, uh, concepts into uh, what a constitution is 
and um, let me start from the beginning of what i think let's start with the preamble so even i had not read the preamble since i was in seventh standard civics textbook and the only thing i remember for some reason was that uh, preamble is not part of constitution it's an introduction to constitution i don't know why i remember this but i did so uh, that was one of the things that still stayed with me for a longest time till i went back and read why do what is a preamble so like you said constitution is a plan right you talked about a financial plan for one person think about having a plan for an entire country and a country that is as diverse as india which had five over 500 princely states with at least so many of them having over 2000 years of individual history and animosity the constitution had to be something that got all of these people together and said yes we will be a nation so an interesting thing that happens is here when i speak to some of i'm by the way i'm in the united states as a and when people ask me uh, so is india what is india like or why don't you, two indians uh, why do they converse in english is the question i get the most why don't you speak in something like mandarin which is quite common for people from china i say that india is almost like europe where each region has its own history for thousands of years and we are not able to converse to each other in except any other language other than english sometimes so think of it like i th- i started thinking of india instead of a nation as something like european union where each of them have fought each other for hundreds of years they have something that's not together but you're still together but we are now bound by this constitution as a nation right so uh, coming back to constitution uh, why do we need a constitution why did uh, the free people of that nehru and ambedkar decide to have a constitution was something that ensures that all of us stick together as a nation they were building a nation basically there was no concept of nation at that point of time it was bunch of princely states that was governed by britain so in order to let us function as a nation we had to have a set of rules uh, that kind of helped us function as a democracy so the rules was the constitution but that's the nitty gritty stuff of what happens when this this happens it's very technical it's something that can be fought over but it's it has to have a soul they say that preamble is the soul of the constitution it's these words that encapsulate what we are trying to achieve you cannot uh, most of the constitution uh, articles have clauses that this is guaranteed that is guaranteed but you don't know what you're trying to achieve we have all these uh, articles and all these clauses to achieve what we are trying to achieve in preamble so our pre- preamble is kind of what i think is a goal or our aspiration is what we are trying to achieve and the way we are trying to achieve it is through our constitution that's an interesting way of putting it because uh, we will read the preamble later on but for example the preamble talks about the fact that uh, equality of status and of opportunity is guaranteed and this is in the preamble obviously the there is the right to freedom there is the uh, right against discrimination and so on but it's right in the preamble where it says equality of status and of opportunity then once you get into the constitution itself you start talking about exactly what you mean by that but the overarching principle is very much there so 
uh, I was reading somewhere, for example, where uh, there were original ju- earlier judgments where the preamble was not included to be as a part yes. of the constitution. But then later on, as yes. uh, in, in the 70s, I think this was when there was another judgment which came and said that, look, the preamble is not necessarily, you could say it is a part of the constitution because it is not very specific in the way the constitution is about certain things. Citizen hona hai, matlab ye char hai. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's very specific about that. But mm-hmm. the preamble is is in that sense woolly. It is very vague. It could mean a lot of things. But it, the, it sets the tone. It exactly. sets the stage for the constitution. And it's very important that the preamble is there because if something was to be changed in the constitution, which uh, went against the grain of the of the preamble, which went against the tone. And which went against the the vision of the people who are writing the constitution, who said that, look, this is how our country should be. And if somebody went and tried to change something in the constitution itself, the Supreme Court would then come in and then look at the preamble and say, yes, you made this amendment, but it does not fit into the values and in, into which that were enshrined in the preamble of the constitution. And hence, this is not uh, a an amendment that can be done. And these are not my words. This was uh, Justice Sekri talking, I think, Again, in the 70s, about uh, a particular case where they said that, look, these are, there are, uh, I'm going to quote him here very quickly since we've gotten onto the topic. He says that the basic structure of the constitution includes, among others, the supremacy of the constitution, its secular character, that, po- that power is to be divided between the executive, legis- legislature, and judiciary branches of the government, free and fair elections, fundamental rights, directive principles, freedom and equality of all citizens. Which basically means that if any amendment of the constitution is passed by parliament, then the su- that the Supreme Court feels would alter this basic structure, it can go ahead and cancel it. So a political party with a majority in parliament that thinks it can change the constitution through amendment can be challenged in the Supreme Court and it can be struck down if the court feels it is against the basic structure of the constitution. Yes. Uh, We were talking a little bit also about uh, constitutions of other countries and uh, the history of the idea of a constitution itself because we we've kind of heard that you know uh, the us has a constitution the britain has no written uh, great britain has no written constitution and india has one obviously since we're talking about it tell me a little bit more about the history of the entire idea of having a constitution and what have other countries done or not done about it so uh, it's Basically, a constitution, uh, there are a lot of theories of constitution. It's a political, it's a very theoretical matter, just like how we would uh, uh, read about physics concepts and say that this is a theory, this is another theory. Very similarly, in politics, there are theories about constitution. And being vague about constitution, like everybody knows it's a set of norms, it's a structure, It can be a different kind of synonyms with that. It's rules. And another way of thinking about constitution that I just uh, started understanding is it's also a way of restricting power uh, of different governing authorities and ensuring that uh, uh, at best that it a government functions within those uh, restrictions and does not become a sort of... uh, uh, like a monarch or uh, a dictatorship. Kind of, yeah, dictatorship. Basically, um, 
if let's say it gives you ultimate if the constitution says you have the ultimate power then you don't need a constitution because you have the ultimate power whatever you do is part of constitution so a constitution is a way of putting you in a sort of a boundary and ensuring that you the moment you go out of that boundary people have a right to probably throw you out or question you or use other methods so this is the basic uh, constitutional um, theory uh, to some extent as far as i understand again history of constitution i was reading about it a little bit and it goes way back when people decided to form societies and they decided to live by a few norms that have been uh, guaranteed and they go all the way back to roman times and even before them where uh, the way taxes were levied or uh, things of that sort so so probably yes. plato's republic or uh, kautilya's arthashastra would have been to a limited extent a uh, constitution i don't know really too much about plato's republic but kautilya's arthashastra for example is supposed to be uh, a governing document for the ruler of the country at the time so it would be like a manual for him obviously it was not a democracy so people didn't have rights and so on but that ruler had a set of rules ki bhai yeah. kaam karna hai to iske mutabik karo these are the simplest ways of working then uske upar tumko dimag laga laga ke kuch alag karna hai feel free but these are their broad basic principles under which you work uh i think one of more than kautilya shastra that might have been like you said more of a manual and uh, we can always uh, probably talk about what's the difference between guiding principles and a constitution that says yes i will always follow these rules and ashoka pillar for example in indian context is the one that it keeps coming up in which he had it uh, he had it everywhere saying that he's going to live uh, and rule by these principles the constitution of uh, us for example united states is said to be one of the first uh, structured debated and kind of a constitution that is very similar to what i think we followed when we were building a nation we wanted every uh, we wanted people to be involved we wanted things to be debated and that's when constituent assembly was formed before the constitution was actually written so that people everybody could have their say in it and then build this document and that was very similar to something that happened in us as well in which they built uh, the constitution based on the colonies back then and then they formed the united states of america britain basically uh, does not have one document like Uh, india has by most famously the biggest constitution it has the most number of articles and all of that britain does not have one document that says this is our constitution but they have had laws so one of the first uh, laws that i read about was the magna carta which was in i think 1200 uh, ad between the king and the barons about an agreement saying these are the things i will never uh, i will never cause these issues to you and in uh, accordingly the barons agreed it was basically an agreement that would have probably happened times but it's quoted as one of the earlier versions of constitution of uk even now uk has several rules that they follow or several rights that they have but they don't have a constitution that with which they follow or they go back to and uh, also famously they have a constitution that can be amended quite easily 
as opposed to i guess a us constitution which takes a lot more it's a lot more difficult to add amendments to those constitution again coming back to the constitution the next very interesting thing is uh, the fact that uh, people quote constitution is a living document that it needs to be interpreted it needs to be amended and uh, one of the reasons is i was just uh, listening to a lecture by uh, i don't know his uh, i guess ex mp uh, nariman who spoke about the fact that uh, our constitution uh, our preamble like the united states starts with we the people but at the point that it was written you were not born neither was i our parents weren't even born when they said we the people so how come why are we included in we the people the people who were writing the constitution at that point i'm pretty sure we have very few things in common with them so how are we included in the constitution if we are following a document that was written way back when we weren't even born our views weren't even taken into and he had hmm. a very he quoted a congresswoman from us he said one final day uh she found out that she was part of the constitution when she realized that by amendments by parliament creating more and more amendments to the constitution and more importantly by the way that the courts interpret the constitution i think that's the most important part of it that the way we interpret keeps changing with time and that's how we feel that we are part of the constitution because it's a living document and with time the way we interpret it also changes so it's a very interesting point and uh this this argument is i find it very interesting even in the sense of language uh, i know we are digressing here but even languages are supposed to be living so the way you and i talk today is not the way our parents were talking when they were our age and that's yes. not the way they talk even today but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are not talking english or hindi or any of the other languages that we may choose to converse in or some mixture of all these languages which is quite often the way we talk more uh, when when we talk these days but there is nobody who can say that that there is a pure way of speaking say hindi or the queens english is the right way of speaking english and the americans didn't know what they were doing no there is no such thing every every language has is a is a living thing it's a living entity and it grows where it moves amongst the tongues of men and women across the world and that is how languages keep changing and that's a very uh, nice analogy analogy to to understand even the constitution and i keep coming back when i was doing the research on this i kept coming back to like the abolition of the homosexuality law in india yes. which if you if you look at again equality of status and opportunity it was enshrined in the constitution in 1947 but we were under this uh, crazy victorian era law from i don't know 1880s or something which was repealed what two years back but it was an effort throughout that period that okay we need to really start understanding that being gay or being homosexual is not a crime and it is not something that the person does out of his own choosing it it is he or she is made that way it would, it you could in other cases you would call it a gift from god no like if you like shivkumar sharma is gifted from bhagwan nahi usko kala di hai uske haath mein santur bajane ke liye but mm-hmm. inko aap nahi karenge ki wo bhagwan se unko gift mila aisa ki unko like boys like to have uh, relationships with boys no that nobody talks about it in that fashion but it was a part of the constitution and as people went went along and as times kept changing people kept uh changing some of these interpretations not the definitions 
but in changing the interpretations of what was originally enshrined in the constitution and saying that look yes homosexuality is not a crime and these people have as much of a right to live as people who are considered normal heteronormative is the politically correct word of uh, of saying that these days but that's that's what uh, this was about so like lakshmi you were talking about uh, the fact that there were some critics also to the idea of a constitution can you tell me more about that yes so there are basically a couple of uh, issues regarding what are the problems with having Uh, a democracy based on a constitution and one of the interesting uh, critique is the fact that um, like we talked about constitution is a living document and it can't interpret itself it needs to be interpreted by people and the people who interpret it are uh, judges is the d- judicial system and uh, these judges are not democratically elected so they are usually appointed by the government or by a forum of judges and so in theory they are not uh, representative of people and as such most of them have to have come from privileged cra- uh, classes and have inherent biases in them yes they do take an oath to be completely neutral and uh, look at it from uh, previous uh, judgments and things like that but we have to be able to come to terms with the fact that these are again people and that they will try to impose some sort of their own uh, moral concepts on how the constitution can be interpreted and uh, most of the times i think um, because by having a bench of judges and things like that it can be uh, said that it's fairer but there is a chance that uh, these judges might not interpret the constitution in terms of the way it was written so that is one of the critiques the other is the fact that if you flip it around that if a legislative organ like india who's they've been elected by the people and uh, they decide to bring about a law right then what right does a judicial system have to struck down such law as unconstitutional so is that even constitutional the fact that there is a tug of war between politics and democracy and as some people uh, talk about it the tyranny of majority and uh, in some ways what does a judicial system uh, how much of a right do they have to struck down such a democratic law so it's these two concepts that are completely opposite on one way we are accusing the judiciary of not being democratic and at that same time we are like okay you shouldn't have so much uh, power over it so it's literally uh, the are the two ends of uh, where it can lead to some kind of injustice and um, yeah and it depends again on what's then the question is so what's the right thing it's about trying to make sure that all these uh, interpretations are done in context of the historical view and what the current climate is and based on various judgments rather than just one kind of a judgment that is considered out of the blue as in it makes it much stronger at a level i would call this uh, a very coming like i i would say this is some technology guy who is saying this like you know somebody who refuses to accept that uh, 
मशीन में मशीन में चार इनपुट डाला तो यू नो यू टेल अ कंप्यूटर हाउ मेनी अवर टाइम्स बॉस व्हाट इज टू प्लस टू कंप्यूटर गोइंग टू से फोर इट्स नॉट गोइंग टू चेंज इट्स आंसर बेस्ड ऑन द टाइम ऑफ डे और विच गवर्नमेंट इज इन इन सेशन और विच डेकेड आर वी इन और वेदर you know which uh, religion is in uh, is is in majority no computer will always say this but uh, like some technology guy will try will struggle to figure out ki why don't humans respond to the same set of inputs and create the same output every single time this comes off very much like that but yeah it's it's a very obviously a very recent take it's made by people far more intelligent than the both of us combined at least about these uh, the topics of uh, legal uh, laws and constitution and so on but yeah i i think i just want to end off this section by by saying that a lot of people have real have realized and have spoken about the fact that this form of government isn't necessarily the best form of government that we have like i was just i found a quote of churchill who said that many forms of government have been tried and will be tried in this world of sin and woe no one pretends that democracy is perfect or all wise indeed it has been said that democracy is the worst form of government except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time <laughs> yeah this is churchill from 11th november 1947 so just a couple of months coincidentally after we got our independence but i think there are forever going to be detractors to to a system and there is no such thing as a perfect system i think we have to recognize the fact that humans are uh, irrational are prone to biases and this is exactly what kahneman won his uh, nobel prize in economics for that he he accepted and he brought to popular economic thought the acceptance that human beings are irrational people and human beings are prone to making uh, have biases and therefore they make errors in judgment and there is no such thing as a rational human being so can I, we I think, move on yeah. and can we institutionalize the checks and balances within the system to try and reduce the impact of these errors in judgment and let people sort out their you know leave it to to these systems and and the people who are running those systems to have the best conscious conscience and and try to run things in a compassionate way and move on from there because there is there is no end to this argument otherwise okay so we have completely run out of time in this episode so yes. we are going to take a break here and so that was part 1 of uh, our episode of the fiscal yogi podcast with lakshmi and me where we talked about what is a constitution we talked about the history of a constitution and constitution constitutionalism and a whole lot of other big words that i only partially understood until this episode until we recorded this episode come back here for part 2 which will come out very very soon where we are going to talk a lot about the preamble to our constitution stay tuned thank you very much for listening please share and this episode with uh, all your friends you can find us on podcast addict on apple podcast google podcast spotify the whole deal just just go in there and search for for the fiscal yogi podcast or search for me anis rao and you should find the podcast thank you very much for listening once again and we'll come back and talk to you very soon mm-hmm.